0: What's up Skytown? It's once again the
1: world famous Skyhook podcast with your host, me Chris Pennant, him James Kay, and it's time for the playoffs. Can't have any more introduction than that. James, it's been a long, fun, at times, unbelievable regular season. Uh, 2022 has given us just about everything it's promised and all of the playoff teams are set. So as we go into the second season, how are you feeling?
0: Honestly, I feel re-energized, man. This has been such a great regular season. But over the last week, I have really wanted to get to the postseason already. My brain has been in postseason mode for so long now. So I'm excited to actually be here and talk about it and not feel like it's coming too early. So very excited for this, man. Very excited for this.
1: Sure. And, and I come in, I was talking to a friend of mine and I realized that I kept thinking that one of the matchups was, was one thing where it wasn't. I pretty much thought the Sky were playing Phoenix because I had locked them in in my head to being the number one seed. And so I was all thrown off. But as I said, the playoff bracket is set on the one side. It's Phoenix versus Las Vegas in the 1-8 matchup with the Mystics and the Storm taking on each other in what should be a fucking barn burner. Yeah. (laughs) And on the other side is the two-seed Sky against the number seven uh, Liberty, who had a really, really good weekend, needed to take both games, and they did, and then Dallas and Connecticut in the bottom half in the three and six slot. So before we get into what we're thinking about the Sky, I I think we both really want to see the outcome of that Washington-Seattle series not least of which because we talked about how how much Elena Della Donne we were going to see. But do either of the other two series, uh, Phoenix, Las Vegas, or Connecticut, Dallas, intrigue you more than that? They don't intrigue me more than
0: that. I do think that Seattle versus Washington is the marquee matchup of the first round. And it does kind of feel like everybody has just penciled in Seattle to go to the next round just because they played really well over the last few games, but I really think Washington can give them a run for their money. And I have a hard time seeing that series not going to three games.
1: No, me, me either. I, I, was, I was just going to agree because we, what we talked about, we talked about what Washington can do if Ariel Atkins is hot, if Elena plays and she is 75, 80%, um, what we've seen all season long from Shakira Austin. And I mean, there's questions, right? I think we talked about Washington being a big question mark, and just in terms of who could challenge the sky for one or 1A dominance. I didn't believe in them that far, but in a series where you have to win two of three, then yeah, I think that they could definitely do it because of of those players that we mentioned. Shakira
0: Austin is coming off one of the best defensive seasons for a rookie in WNBA history, and I know Whenever I say in WNBA history, we're only talking about like 26 seasons at this point. But what she did for the Washington Mystics in year one is something that they should be happy that they're going to have that type of play, that type of veteran play. Let's call it what it is, But she was able to pull off this season. Come like her coming into the playoffs and then Elena theoretically being being able to play every game. I just have a hard time saying that Seattle is just the de facto one of four teams in the semifinals I I just think that matchup is going to be really intriguing but I'm also really intrigued by Dallas Connecticut that's going to be one where you have a feisty Dallas team that really has nothing to lose right they no one has looked at them as a contender all season they just lost Enrique who I believe is going to be out the first round at least the first game and they're just really relying on Veronica Burton to run that team's offense a little bit. I mean, also, I mean, Alicia Gray, you, I mean, you're seeing Tierra McCowan, someone that's really done well as a secondary facilitator. That team is just really interesting to me, even though I, Connecticut's probably gonna win that one. I mean, I would bet all my money on that, just given how great they've been as of late as well. I just am intrigued by it because that Dallas has had some pretty
1: major wins over the last two weeks. Yeah, they needed games and they took it i figured dallas would be in that mix for the seven spot even though i picked them to finish sixth at the beginning of the year just the inconsistency that we'd seen the same usual questions were popping up for dallas why aren't these players who should be playing <laughs> isabel harrison playing uh, <laughs> and then they they beat chicago and las vegas in the same week <laughs> and and i think they had probably the greatest addition by subtraction moment of the season when Enrique went out I was not on board with everybody who who was not a fan of Enrique, but talking to uh, fellow watchers friends of mine and watching the play and the article that M. Adler put out last week for the next I had to I had to buy in and with them not having Enrique on the floor ideally that makes their offense run so much more smoothly because even though Veronica Burton's a rookie who had got limited time She's shown what she can do in in that limited time. We know what she's coming in with in terms of defense, disrupting an offense, and being able to distribute. And so at the very least, it'll be interesting because Connecticut, who last year had Jasmine Jones and Breon January, who could really pressure the point guard position, they don't necessarily have anybody who can do that over the length of the game. Nia Coffey looked good in her time against the Sky when we watched two weeks ago, but she's not going to, I don't think, sorry, Nia Cloudon, yeah, I don't think she's going to be on the floor the entire game. Uh, it, it is interesting. I don't, again, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's more interesting than Washington Seattle, just because we know the star power that both of those teams have. But you have a Dallas team that is playing with house money versus a Connecticut team with honestly a lot on the line, even without their point guard this year. They've had a subpar season from John Quill Jones. People have. Talked about them not being able to score when they really need to. Uh, we're, we're, I think it was you said last week, DeWanna Bonner in the postseason is not really like a, a three point threat, can score, but is not like a 1A option. So, Connecticut, all of these seasons, all of this time where they've been a top tier team, but haven't quite made that next step, or they have been beaten when it counted most, or they they choked when, when the game was on the line. Like, they could lose this first-round season. Or sorry, they could lose this first-round series and go into the postseason with so many questions. I, I can't remember yeah. who it was, but I saw somebody saying that if they lose this, they might need to strip it from the top to the bottom. It's just going to be challenging for them given their cap
0: situation next year. John Quell is making a lot of money. I don't believe Bree Jones re-upped with them yet. I would have to go back and check, but I, I don't know. It's really tough. And I mean, Alyssa Thomas is also making a lot of money next year as well. So I just have a lot of questions. Natisha Heideman, I think has proven that she deserves more than just a minimum contract. She's someone that has really stepped up for them this season and at times has been their best shooter. And Connecticut yeah I would think I would agree with you Chris this is a really huge playoffs for them because you don't want to go into the off season with all these questions and I know that Schuyler Diggins Smith has a chance to be available mm. I'm curious if they try to do something around Bree Jones and Schuyler Diggins Smith I think that is a fascinating idea that I've seen people put out there on Twitter but I do have questions about Connecticut I still think that they probably will be in the semifinals Against the Sky, I don't think the Sky are going to lose to the Liberty, but we can hold off on that for a second. But we can both agree that the Aces are just going to annihilate the Mercury, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's really no way around it. Uh, No Diana, no no Skylar, right? Like, I I wasn't dreaming when I read that. Is Skylar out for that series? I don't
0: think that that's been determined. I thought that she was just out till the end of the regular season. So that was just yesterday. So... I know that they suspended her contract towards the end of the season, but so I don't know what that means for the playoffs. I do think that they haven't ruled her out, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: I mean, it, just that. I think that puts the entire Phoenix season into uh microcosm, it's a clarity right there. Questions, there's always questions. There's been questions all season long. The most consistent players that they've had are, well, until Skylar went out, Skylar was having a really good season. And I mean, Diamonds played most, or most, or all of the season. She's still kind of getting her footing, coming back from that debilitating injury. And we've seen good things at times from Megan Gustafson. They picked up Kayla Davis. Well, Shea Petty has been doing so well
0: Thank you. filling in for Skylar Diggin Smith. Sophie Cunningham is also someone that has really stepped up. I think a lot of people started to view her as most improved player candidate, but. I still think that has to go to Jackie young, but yeah. at the same time, like that's not enough to beat the aces. I mean, the aces are just loaded right now. They're they've carried in so much momentum heading into the postseason that I have a hard time seeing any team right now, really taking them out. in um, on the, on that side of the bracket right now, like I could see Seattle going up against the aces and, Maybe they end up pulling that series out and everything, but I just kind of like the energy that the Aces have that I, I do see them going to the finals
1: this year. Yeah. On, on that side of the bracket, I think if you, if you have Seattle coming out, it's going to be a good rematch and give the storm a lot of credit. I think that they could win that for sure. I really do. They, be they'd be a blood play. that though, you know, yeah. like th-
0: that, but going against Washington, that first series, then you're going to have to go play the Aces the next round that's going to be tiring for them heading into that ACES series if they're able to get out of that. Sorry to interrupt, but you know what I mean?
1: You're exactly right. And you know, not that this this guy definitely were trying to beat the ACES last week, but they might've avoided the firing squad by getting out of that number one spot because it's, it's a lot easier going up against the Liberty, a team that they beat three times out of four this season and then facing Connecticut who they swept the season series with or Dallas who they only lost to once as well and both of those teams are you know connecticut again the questions that we put forth just a moment ago and dallas who is not a good who's not a team that is on the level of the sky if it would it would take some sort of force measure and injury or something to bring the sky down to that level where they're competing with dallas rather than just overwhelming them with talent and skill so you avoid two teams who could jump up and bite you as well as, you know, even a fight, even a, even a feisty Phoenix team, you know, but you're avoiding Washington and Seattle before the finals. One last question on what, before we, before we Mm -hmm. move ahead with, with the basketball that we've seen in the past, men's, women's college, what have you, when you have something like that and a team that, you know, as good as Las Vegas has been, as they proved it out in the second half of the season, you're gonna to have to go through one of those two teams. Do you see whichever team wins that side of the bracket, the one, eight, four, five, do you see them winning the finals? Or are they just going to be like dragging when they get there? It's
0: so hard because the aces have shown that the depth that, that they the lack of depth that they've had all season is not as much of a factor as we all thought it was going to be. When I look so you're saying, oh, you're talking about one, eight. Um, I'm sorry. Well,
1: I mean, no, no, you're right. You're right. I think it's so if say if Seattle wins, if Washington wins, if Las Vegas wins, they're going to have to one of those three teams is going to have to go through one of the other three. And I could see either of those series and the three game, the three game first round or the five game second round going the distance, maybe not the one eight, but you get what I'm saying. That's going to be a lot of basketball, a lot of miles being on, on each team. No matter what, Seattle is still the furthest place to get to on a flight.
0: You have to factor that in. You have to factor that in. And I, I'm i going to hold off on my take on that so we can save it for the listeners submitted questions, but that it, the traveling aspect of this is something that I think did play into a factor for the WNBA playoff structure in the first round.
1: Yeah. And oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, there's charter flights this time around, but it's still going to be really interesting. Just for the finals. Oh, God. All right. Well, these first two rounds are going to be interesting, man. Oh, they're going to be interesting.
0: Um, (laughs) But before we even go on to the postseason, can we talk a little bit about Kalia Copper and
1: what she's done? Yeah. Um, I hope everybody got a chance to watch that game against Las Vegas because I I wrote down on our notes, Kalia Copper supernova. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what it was it was great to have a weed loss of Wade on that call with Jason Ross Jr. because she's played the game she's played this game and so I think she could fully appreciate more and just impart to the viewers what kind of game that she had uh, she kept the guy in the game and brought them back to within six at times eight at times she made it a single digit game there were at least tw- two times where she was scored on back-to-back possessions off of either fast breaks or just accelerating past somebody in the half court. And Vegas was still up by 12, but Becky Hammond called timeout because it was literally like, we need to do something different. <laughs> like they were, on the- they were on the road. It's like they were on the road and she had to call timeout. This is not a t- they weren't in WinTrust. They didn't have the crowd behind them. And there was still a situation where it was like, we need to slow this possible momentum down. That's what Kalia Copper does for this guy. When she is able to get to the rim, teams, they can get overwhelmed.
0: And Vegas was to a certain extent. I know they had the lead for, I think, all of that game. But, man, Kalia Copper just showing that she is a three-level scorer, like some of the mid-range shots that she had. I mean, those were – she had one on the baseline where I think she had like two people on her. and I don't think it was – necessarily a, like a fadeaway but it was it's like remote, a turnaround something like that where it was just like okay this is what kalia Copper's ceiling is this is what it is and sh- what she's been able to do from beyond the arc this season so i have i'm going to pull up this chart that i have from an article that i wrote about her for the next so on non-heave three-point attempts and during the reg- regular season in 2021 she shot 30.59% from three-point range. And then last postseason, she shot 34.4% from beyond the arc. And then this season, she's up to 37.23% from that range. I mean, that's just getting in the gym and just improving your efficiency like that. Like, she's someone that everyone talks about how hard of a worker she is. And there are things that you don't see behind the scenes where it's hard to add that to your coverage. And I think she makes it much easier when she shows that she's put in the work like this, where we're seeing that she's just continuing to improve every year on that shot. And it just opens up the floor for her and opens up the floor for her teammates. I mean, think about when someone goes to help, like I think about someone like Emma Mieseman, who is so intelligent when it comes to like flashing to the rim and just finding that hole in the zone or again in the when the defense is collapsing that she just knows how to slip or she she knows how to flash cut and find that open space and take advantage of it and that happens because when you have players like Kalia Copper who who attracts so much attention or even Candace Parker so what Kalia Copper's been able to do this season i mean i think it's been overshadowed because once she came in late you know she wasn't here at the start of the season But also the Sky's offense is so pass happy and it's so team before me that it's going to be hard for any player in this offense to be able to generate an MVP type season that's going to attract the voters. I actually think Evan Mieseman had an MVP type season. Um, I know there's a lot of people that would disagree about it, but I just wrote about it. Um, But, you know, Kalia Copper, I think also has to be talked about in the same breath just when you look at her second half and you go through her game logs and she's guarding the best player on the opposite team for 30 minutes man she's played like an mvp in my opinion whether you mean you're not going to get you can't get too caught up in the recognition of all that obviously but man what she what she did against the aces i was like this is someone that could win mvp it just has to be under the right circumstances
1: that's the best or second best defensive team in the league, and she put up 28 points on 18 shots. And I think the, the best thing that I've seen from Ka in the last few games is that she has only missed one free throw of her last 11 attempts. that That was a concern yeah. for for not just her, but for the team over the last few weeks. You know she was hitting one of two out of, at the line and the free throw percentage was was down and something something just seemed that to be out of sorts following. Uh, the all-star break, not, not anything serious, just like free throws weren't going, weren't falling. And she's picked that up over the last few games, the three pointers, five for 16, not counting the Phoenix game, but it's, it's, it's there and teams have to be aware of it. So it's, it's just been, it's playoff Kalia coppers, what we're seeing. We're seeing that player that won finals MVP. We're seeing that player that nobody could stay in front of in the playoffs last season. And that's why I, I'm still I've still got this guy to win, just because. Ka is hot at the right time, and she, she hasn't shown me any signs of slowing down. No, no, oh,
0: no. The time that we see Kalia Copper slowing down is the day that uh, <laughs> I give up pizza. Yeah. I don't know something. I don't know, man. I don't know. I thought something. it was going to get serious. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, Kalia Copper is just I, that motor has not stopped since 2020 when she took over as the starter. And actually here's a fun fact. She has the ninth most points in the WNBA since 2020 in this type of offense that again, it's just about sharing the ball and you're not going to get 20 shots a night in this offense. And she's still able to do that. She's just been incredible this year, but is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on to the fan questions? Because, I'm excited. No,
1: I love, you know it. And we got fan questions. I love fan questions. I want to go right into the fan questions. It's the most exciting part part of the show. Uh, Thank you to all our listeners, all our watchers. If you're seeing us on video, I'm sorry about this beard. I'll get that cleaned up. (laughs) But thank you for submitting your questions um, and and reacting to us. So uh, let's jump on the first one. For the last two losses for Chicago, talking about Seattle and Las Vegas, do you think it was fatigue or defensive issues? Also, we have not played particularly well against Vegas. What do you think it is? I think fatigue played, a, played a, uh, was a factor in the second half of the season. It just had to, it just had to be, this is the longest season in WNBA history. And the sky went at about 100% effort every single night. That game against Liberty, where they had the long delayed flight that they nearly won I think at a certain point, they just, they were trying, but the body couldn't keep up. I think that was part of the free throw issues. And, and just for that question against Vegas, Vegas has great defense. Vegas has great perimeter defenders. They push the sky higher than the three-point line. And they, that you saw in the last game, they were doubling Candace Parker on the high post because they didn't want her to initiate the offense from there, which the sky do so well, either with Candace or with Emma. Uh, and they also defend Allie Quigley really well. She has shot, I think, one for 21 in the two losses against Vegas, not counting the Commissioner's Cup game, in which she didn't score until the third quarter or the fourth quarter. So that's what Vegas, that's what they have to watch out for. They have to get improved guard play. And I think that fatigue played more of a part than defensive issues. But against those top tier teams, Seattle and Las Vegas, this guy need to make some defensive adjustments. What do you think?
0: I think it's a blend of both, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the things on the defensive end that they needed to clean up against Seattle. Um, I think that those some of those same things, again, just being late on defensive rotations or just bringing help when you don't need help. Well, I, I think that some of those things kind of factored in that aces game as well, just looking back at it, but look, th- this team, it's just one of those teams that it's like this quirky quality where the, they kind of just step up when things are going awry or when they have a 20 point lead, it dissipates. Like it's just one of those teams where it's like, it's always going to be close and they kind of thrive off the energy of the playoffs. And I kind of like that for them going into the playoffs this year. And when you're, when the stakes aren't as high for them and the seating, I really don't think that that was something that they're just, chattering about all the time like in the locker room it's like you really do have to take it game by game and I just don't think there was a ton of motivation towards the end of the season to really like blow a lot of these teams out necessarily and their stakes just weren't as high and yes they were trying to hold on to the one two seed like that obviously they needed to do that to secure home uh home court advantage for the playoffs unless they see the aces obviously but I do think this is a team that just steps up, and we've we've seen this stemming back to 2019. This is a team. It's for some reason I can't describe it. They're just able to. They're just like one of those like heat check teams. They're like they just need to feed off of something. So I know that's like it's just been on my mind lately. So I don't know if this directly answers the question, but it's just this is just one of those teams. It's, it's just one of those th- things that when you look back at, it's just, man, this guy just always found a way to make things interesting. So whether that leads them to a championship this year, or whether that means like they lose to someone like the aces in the championship, if they get there, we'll see. But just covering this team the last few years, I'm like, this is just how it's going to go. And when I watched that game against the aces, I'm like, this is just another example of that.
1: <laughs> well, I think that kind of leads into, uh one of our other questions is, yeah. am, I a ba- am I a bad fan for being glad we ended up in second place because New York, Dallas, and Connecticut don't worry me as much as the other side of the bracket does? And we, we talked about that at the outset of the show, but yes, you know Yes, I am going to say you're a bad fan. No, get out, <laughs> out of here. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that's, that's very fair. It's just a very fair thing because even if you, the sky are, are better than Washington or Connecticut or sorry, um... Seattle, which they have been for the majority of the season. Those are still two top quality teams. Like we mentioned.
0: Yeah. Look, if you want them to lose, to win, you're not really rooting for them to lose. So you're not a bad fan for feeling this way. You want to see your team go all the way. The regular season doesn't matter when the post starts. So I don't think you're a bad fan. I used to do this with the baseball playoffs all the time. So no, I, you're a good fan, and we
1: appreciate you listening to the show. Thanks.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, do you, is there anything that if you look back, uh, even last year, where the guy had to go through the single elimination games, in, in history, historically, do you think that anybody can, would fairly come back and say, well, they had an easier time of it to win the championship, or is that just some bullshit?
0: The latter, Chris. The latter.
1: <laughs> James isn't cursing today. I've got all of
0: Oh my god, like what that team went through last season. What I I still have no idea to this day how they were able to come together. I re- I, I thought they were going to lose to Dallas in the first round. Like that's how dire I felt the circumstances were. And yeah. No, what anyone that says like they had an easier path or like that the playoffs were so easy for them to get to the the championship I have no, I you clearly didn't watch this team for the entire year (laughs) to see those ups and downs because all of that baggage they had to carry with them throughout the entire postseason. So I know that the the whole single elimination thing throws everything off and everything, but just given the circumstances of what they went through in the regular season, nah, it's not it's not easier. Winning's not easy, period. Okay. Like I still feel like the wobble not even just the Wubble, but the NBA bubble back in 2020 when people say that's not a real ring. It's like, what are you talking about? They had to be – they had needed 16 wins to get to a championship, man. Like, God, I just I just don't understand how people take winning for granted the way that we tend to do in these conversations.
1: I have some thoughts about the, the uh, bubble championships, but, I mean – there, there is a point to be made about that. I, I just, you know, I can't. Obviously, I can't articulate it well, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have some, some thoughts. I'll, I'll admit it. Uh, that said, our, our man, you all, you all know him, the sky show shy, had a question about the, the playoff format as such as it is now, with the elimination of the single elimination games. What do we think about the home, home, and away setup for round one, which feels a bit clunky, but ending an elimination game three away seems awkward, and five games feels like too much. Uh, I've answered first for both of these. What do you think? I think this has to do with travel. Why make
0: these people go to Chicago, then go back to New York, and then back to Chicago? I just think that this makes sense for the players' health more than anything else. That's... The first thing that I thought of when I saw this, as much as I like 1 1 1, which is definitely the preferred way of going about it, it's just there's something about having that second game, or I mean, or third game, if we're talking about the NBA, which we know we have some crossover there. It's just there's something about being in a different environment for the playoffs that makes it more fun. But yeah, maybe it is a little bit awkward, you know, maybe it is, but I kind of think that this makes sense for the players. And I'm just gonna stick to that because I'm sure they're excited that they potentially don't have to go somewhere else um, when they can just kind of take care of business at home.
1: I fully agree. Until the league expands to 16 or you know however many teams, you're not gonna really have a, a way that works for an 18 playoff. If you're going to have a multiple game first round, three games is the best number right now. Five games is too much. And you're still not chartering flights, as you said, until the finals gets here. So you got to work with commercial flights. I think they could even add an extra day of travel just in case between game two and game three for the sky, because we've seen what happened the last time they had to fly to New York. Yeah. It it ended up not working out, but they had three three days between game one and two. So you're trying to lessen the impact on players at this point and you know, far be it from me to say the league is doing an excellent job, but I think they did the best they could do with by improving the format. So, yeah, it's going to be clunky for a while. The league is still 25 years old. This league just got out of college. They don't know exactly what they're doing with their life, you know. <laughs> they, they don't know what they're doing with their life yet. They're still trying to figure things out. Uh, so they're just on an accelerated timeline than the rest of us were when we, we were 25. That's it. They're still
0: living back home with their parents. They do not know what they're doing. They are <laughs> working a part-time job at their local ice cream store. It's it's tough for them right now, but we know they can become a CEO someday. Um, wait, Chris, we totally didn't do predictions oh, I, for I, the Liberty.
1: Oh, um, Sky won that in two. Uh, Stephanie also <laughs> is going to average. Steph is going to average seventeen and six. Uh, but Sabrina, I think the key is really shutting down Sabrina, making sure Benigel Laney doesn't get hot. Uh, and, you know, if if Marine Johannes has a game like she did on Sunday, the Sky should still win because they're taking care of everything else. But, you know, the one game that they lost was largely due to fatigue and I think a bad call or an iffy call at the end of a game that they lost by two on the road. They're going to be at home where they've been excellent. Uh, yeah, Sky win that one too.
0: I agree. I just don't think New York has the horses to finish the race here. I mean, they're just a team that is so capricious. I guess would be the word. Just something. Ooh, you just do not good, know good. what you're getting into with each game for them. Yes, Marine could go off for 20 points, or Sabrina could go off for 30 points. But I look at the team around them and Natasha Howard in four games against the Sky this season she's she's scored 11.8 points and shot 35.2% from the field she hasn't looked great i mean the eye tests suggest that like i was watching a one liberty game earlier this morning and i'm like is natasha howard like the guys have to look at these numbers more closely like is it really this bad and chris it was this bad um <laughs> i do think that if the liberty are going to be in this They just need something out of Rebecca Allen. They just need something out of Rebecca Allen. Her length on the wing, going up against someone like like Kalia Copper, who she's just going to have a hard time staying in front of, let's be honest. Or, I don't know, just even when you – they just need something from her because she's not been able to – her shooting has really regressed this season. She's really shot bad the last few games especially, and if they can just get something more out of her – Cause she did play sort of well against the sky in the second half. I think in their most recent, the New York Liberty's most recent loss. I think that that makes things a little bit more interesting, but sky in two that I know that's the new hashtag. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of all my thoughts like, against for the Liberty, but you um, wish we wrap this up with our favorite segment. Well, we got one more question. Do um... we? Yeah.
1: We, we, oh, my uh, God.
0: I totally jumped the gun here. My
1: apologies, listeners. I suck. <laughs> no, it's totally, it's totally okay. You read that one up because it's, a, it's a, my favorite question of the ones that we got. Oh, my
0: God. I didn't scroll down enough. So <laughs> there it is. So this is Gwen Rose, right, Chris? Yeah, Gwen. How successful do you think I have to get in the Chicago stand-up scene while also wearing sky gear before the sky noticed me? <laughs> Chris, you got, I'll let you start this one off. This is so great. I love this so much. <laughs> um,
1: as, as, a, as, as a part-time stand, retired stand up comedian, um, I mean, you already you already know what it takes. Just keep plying your, your trade and go to, as, get, as many, get as many, get your name on the bill as many times as you can. Then as soon as you go up there with the Candace Parker uh, shirt or Jersey or Jersey, <laughs> Then the sky are gonna see you and it's gonna take off. It, it just will. So just keep doing what you're doing. Um, but Sky, here, you know what? We're gonna put on for you. Sky, look up Gwen Rose on Twitter at Tranny Rose Gwen, voice of her generation. Go see her stand up like both of us are gonna do. We already talked about it. We're gonna oh, do yeah. it. So Chicago Sky, Gwen Rose, is a super fan, top tier comedian. Show her some love, throw her some merchandise. And, and put the, the jumbotron on it when she makes it one of these playoff games. I'll, hopefully, Gwen, you're making better stand-up money than I ever did, so you so you can afford to go to a playoff game. <laughs> How about this? Let's quantify it.
0: If you're able to open up Salt and Pepper, the diner, the Salt and Pepper diner again, to perform at they, you get big enough where you're like, I want to perform there, and they open it up again. Then this guy will notice you. I've been I walk by the Salt and Pepper diner all the time, Chris, and I'm think about that John Mulaney sketch, or I'm like, where you the what's good pussy cat? You know what I'm talking about? I he, do. Yeah, I walk by that. And I'm like, damn, that needs to be turned into a comedy club. So Gwen, I <laughs> hope that you're able to get big enough to open that shit up again because I need to go in there. Um, we're definitely gonna go see one of Gwen's sets though because that would be so fun and we just have to see Gwen do this in sky gear this is I mean it's just too good of content right because that's why we do this Chris um no, <laughs> um no 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 but Chris we do have our favorite segment though and I'm so excited to do it because the question is or the the prompt is great so I'll let you read it off
1: all right so for today's do you agree with Kalia it's gonna, gonna be I'm gonna be as cheesy oh, as I no. can with every intro do you agree with Kalia. Uh, um, Back on August 5th, uh, there was a tweet from at Xavier officials saying if we date ignore my Twitter and Ka quote tweeted and said, please, baby. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So so basically, Do you feel like your Twitter account or your Twitter timeline or your, your tweets over your lifespan are just something that you would rather have your significant other ignore or are you good with them seeing what you have said? I think the thing that would bother
0: someone is the volume of tweets that I have. If you like, he tweets (laughs) that much, is he ever going to (laughs) look up and see anything else around him? Um, I think that's probably the thing that would, uh, be like yeah you know <laughs> i'm on twitter a lot i hate it so much but you gotta play the game in terms of uh, the how the industry demands certain things from you so um yeah i think it, to me it's more about the volume i i keep it as clean as i can on twitter i don't i don't have a backup account where i have like a burner account i should say that tweets jokes that wouldn't do well on twitter um or with the audience that I have right now, on my Twitter. So yeah, no, man, to me, it's all about volume. I I would judge me. Honestly, Chris, I'm at a point where I wish I could unfollow myself on Twitter. Like there would just oh, be, no. <laughs> Oh, Chris, if I could just have someone doing all the tweeting for me and I could just sit back and just do everything else in journalism that didn't, doesn't have to delve into social media like that. I would unfollow myself immediately. But how about you? What are, we, what are we talking about here? Are you worried that if someone looked at your Twitter, that they'd be like, "Swipe right," or, or "What left"? Uh, whatever it is, I haven't dated someone in seven years, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no man, I, I had my my tweets on private for a minute, and now they're not private anymore. And that was the only time, and I think it was just because I was I was kind of feeling like more negative than than private so yeah it's out there uh-huh. if, I don't, well, if i don't care about getting hired when i'm putting this stuff on twitter i don't care what my my new person or my person thinks if they read my twitter go check out those old tweets i will explain them if they need explanation otherwise it's out there it's all out there i'm okay i got i gotta be okay with it <laughs> i have to my live journal is still floating around somewhere somewhere it's out there so i can't be upset about twitter <laughs> if you put it out there it's there forever so
0: um yeah i don't know okay you know what i'm going <laughs> to switch this up a, I'm going to switch this up for a second cuz you know how people get upset about i think the phrase is called snitch tagging is that a that's this that's a phrase now <laughs> it's where someone is talking like someone tweets out something about another person and then someone comments underneath tagging the person that the other person was talking about So, like, if you didn't tag, I don't know why Keith Hernandez is the first person that came to my mind. But let's just say, like, Janice was talking about (laughs) Keith Hernandez for a second. Great baseball account if you don't follow her already. Um, And she didn't tag Keith Hernandez, but someone else underneath did. That's called snitch, snitch tagging because people think, like, oh, well, I don't want you to actually show the person what I'm saying. Which I think is insane. If you are going, if you are going to talk about another human being and be an asshole for no reason, own it, own it. I, I have, I just can't get over the fact that people get upset about other people like trying to be like, oh, maybe the person will actually see this now. They're like, you can't do that. It's like, no, own your words because you make Twitter a worse place when you don't. Just putting it out there. But
1: so you've never heard of snitch tagging before. No, um, I just assume that everybody subtweets on Twitter because that's half of what I see. And Like the discourse over the last few weeks that's revolved around this this, um, MVP talk has been so full of subtweeting and not mentioning people. And I get sometimes that it's just like people who are mentioning you or talking about you and then you can tweet not mentioning them. But I get it. But man, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm not popular enough yet in this sphere to have to worry about that and how I interact with people. But I had an interaction with somebody last week who uh, was upset that I um, kind of obliquely compared Rebecca Gardner and Ryan Howard, and it devolved into them calling Rebecca Gardner and Shea Petty role players. And I was like, okay, yeah, but I wasn't comparing her to Ryan Howard and saying that she should get Rookie of the Year or anything. And it just became as like, yo, yeah, no, you said that she was a role player. And I was like, hmm, Rebecca Gardner's usage rate is this, and Emma Meese's <laughs> usage rate is this. That seems really close. Are you sure she's a role player? Pretty much. But I just had that until I said argue with somebody else, and that was it. There you go. I, I but that's I, if that's not always possible, I get it. I think sometimes it's not always possible. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk to you, I'm gonna talk to you. I will talk to you. I will yeah. talk to you if I see you on the street and I disagreed with you, I will talk to you. If as yeah. long as we didn't like talk about each other's families or mamas or whatever, I will talk
0: to you. Got to bring the moms into it every time. I, I honestly I lead off every arg- argument talking yeah. about the mom. So I'm with you or not with you on that one, but um Chris, I just realized it's 2 minutes past your lunch break. Um we should probably wrap this one up, but I mean, you already made your Liberty predictions, but um, how about game one? What's your prediction for game one? Is it talking blowout, talking close one? You said two 0 so where did, where did, where's your mind at?
1: Let's see. New York is coming <laughs> off of the younger viewers don't know what I'm doing here. It's okay. This is a crystal ball. I was assuming that's what it was. Uh, I, I, I did it wrong. I should take it way back. I don't have an envelope, here's the envelope. Here's the invisible envelope. <laughs> Parnak The Magnificent says, New York is still a bit worn from having to play those two home and home games over the weekend. They need to expend a lot of energy to get into the playoffs. Han play has been really down, and I don't think Maureen Johannes will repeat the way she did on Sunday. Sky win in a walk. It's going to be eighty five to sixty eight Ooh, okay, well, we have similar
0: ideas with that one i had 85 or eighty four seventy three. that's where Ooh. i was at just a little bit close just because this guy liked to keep it that way but I, I do think they come out firing just to set the tone for the rest of the postseason so
1: as always folks you can find us online at the skyhook pod on twitter and i believe it's the skyhook pod on instagram as well we, we update our instagram every month or so so Every month. (laughs) We keep it current. Uh, uh, the Skyhook Pod on Twitter. Email us, always email us your questions at the Skyhook Mail, uh, The Skyhook Mailbag at gmail.com. I'm Chris Pennant at Quandary Kitten. That's K W A K W A N D A R Y Kitten. He's James K at James underscore M underscore K-A-Y. Ladies, fellas, don't hit him up. He's taken. He's not single. Even though the playoffs are coming in and you've done he's done this content that y'all love so much stay out of his dms unless it's for basketball related issues you're wild man you're a wild
0: one and that's what i love about you um (laughs) but hey y'all if you see me at game one don't hesitate to say hello i love meeting all of you um it's been cool over the last couple months doing that so hope to see you there and until next time